Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Sam Earl Specker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, currently, I have two soccer games on. All right, ones. One of them is, is, it's very underwhelming. <laughs> it's not pleasing me very much, and that is the Gold Cup semifinal between the United States and Panama. Okay. Uh, it is the 87th minute, and it is still scoreless. The U.S. has their, their B team at this right. tournament because their A team was just, you know, it was the end of the European season, and so therefore, like, they'd rather, they rather would bring them in for, like, the two games they played in June um, in a different competition and then let them go back to their clubs and rest than, uh, you know, have them do that and then do a whole other competition after that. And the B team is, it's a B team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of these guys just, they, they don't really have it. Some of them have bits of it. Some of them have some athleticism and not a lot of skill. It's it's all very up and down. And they've played some really ugly games when they aren't playing the worst teams in the Gold Cup. So I was going to ask if there's anybody we knew, but almost by definition, the answer is no, at least for casual fans like myself. Uh, so Matt Turner, who was the number one at the World Cup, he actually is playing. Oh. Um, because goalkeepers can afford to play an extra few games, especially since he's the backup at Arsenal. So, like, he was only getting a few matches this season. Um, yeah, and true. so, therefore, he can deal with an extra six or whatever it would be um, here. Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, um, and Christian Roldan are, th- are, I think, the only other guys who are on the World Cup team who are here. And Roldan didn't even play in the World Cup. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And it's been it's been mixed. It's mostly MLS guys, and it's mm-hmm. been mixed. But the other game that I have on is, is between the Houston Dynamo and Minnesota United. Nice. Are we not that good this year, right? We're not, not very good? Is that true? Or is that the Twins I'm thinking of? Possibly both. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously the Twins are one game under 500 at the All-Star break. They are in second in the Central right now. Um, Minnesota United are, as I vamp and scroll, 10th in the Western Conference. The top nine make the playoffs. All right. Um, well, gotta, just got to get one. Yeah. And you know what? They, they um, are... What is that? Two points away from being in fifth. So. Oh, okay. It's, it's kind of not like the West. Yeah, it, it's um, pretty condensed. You know, at the the top of the conference, St. Louis is having a really good debut season. Seattle apparently is doing well. Um, Los Angeles, who won MLS Cup last year, there and third and and doing fairly well, but. Um, yeah, Minnesota United are kind of in the mushy middle, but right now they are beating Houston by a score of 2-0. Uh, it's about to hit halftime. Nice. And uh, uh, Bondi Hlanwane has scored as well as one Temu Puki, which is the reason why I have this game on. Because, uh, I, as I've said, um, I'm a huge fan of Temu Puki um, from his time at Norwich. And I really wish I would have gotten to see him when I went to uh, the Loons game a couple weeks ago, my first Loons game, um, since they were in Blaine. And, uh, you know, he, he got on the store sheet tonight, his first MLS goal and his second MLS game. And uh, hopefully there will be more of that. Um, so that's the, the story of my soccer consumption. I, I highly recommend going to a Loon stand, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, do you have any uh, thoughts on the, the game day experience at Allianz Field? So we we were in the supporter section. Ah, yes. Wonderwall. I've never done that. Uh, it, it's good. I liked it. Um, the rail seating is... Not, I, I wish it was a different setup of rail, rail ceiling where, like, if you wanted to, you could sit down. Um, but they just had the the benches, the bleachers like folded down, and you couldn't really sit on them. And uh, but 
it was it was good. We were um, 14 rows up, about I think it was 14, um, and right behind the goal, which is a pretty perfect view for a soccer game. Honestly, like yeah. I I've never seen a soccer game that well in my life. Um, it's it's a, the, the, they you know the that end of the stadium is pretty steep. Um, and they really prioritized the sidelines there, and it works really well. It wasn't great whenever the, the flags that were directly in front of us would wave in front of our eyes, but I really liked the spot. I need earplugs next time for the drums. Yeah. But, you know, they, they won 4-1 against a bad Portland team, which was a lot of fun, and, you know, got when there are goals, when you, when you get to be in the... Uh, you know, the crowd singing Wonderwall at the end of the game. That's a fun thing. Yeah. And uh, I highly, I very much look forward to, to going back, which I, you know, plan on doing, which I, I guess will probably be in the the Leeds Cup when that starts up at the end of July. Um, but it's, it's, it's really great just how people, like in the supporter section, I mean, it's great to see how people have really, I mean, I know we're not, it's not really new anymore. But even in a rail, uh-oh, something happened. Okay, we're, uh, for now, United States has been spared by an offside flag, but they did just give up a goal on stoppage time. That well, how dare they? May how or may they? not stand. How dare they? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really cool how the how the, the, the how how embraced the loons have been. How many people go to the games? The supporters, you know, it feels like there's a real sort of culture around it. That hasn't, you know, that's that's sort of bubbled pretty quickly, I guess. It hasn't taken too long to develop, which is really awesome, I think. Yeah, uh, they were basically sold out. And it's not the biggest stadium in the world or anything, but uh, it's just it's cool, especially like I go to FC Dallas games from time to time when I'm down here. And, you know, a lot of the older MLS clubs struggle with attendance and to, to go into this stadium um this this fancy still pretty new stadium yeah. and every seat is filled um and everyone is into it everyone's got a scarf to to wield when a when a corner comes up it's just a a really really cool scene and um sure i i had a fun time and mean to repeat that fun time if you know if they get on winning and stuff i have yet to do my trifecta this year which is Midway Saloon into Loon's game into late night show at the turf club. It's it's a rare it's a rare bird when you can catch all three, but when you do, I, I highly recommend it. It's a good uh, it's a very good time. Have you done it before? I have I have. Well, um, and it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. It was walk. It's everything is walkable. You know, it's beautiful. Rare. Yeah, and it's it's nice taking the bus there. Like I got on the A line with yeah. the free bus, and it was a twenty minute ride from Highland Park to right outside the stadium. So yeah, the one time I took the A line there, and I, I guess I take I took it from the A line more than I took it to took the A line there or took the A line from there. But um, it's really nice afterwards. I don't know if you took the A line back, but when they they extend the they extend the the bus they get either they they really make sure that there's enough they know how many people take the bus they really make sure there's enough coverage which is very nice because a lot of people take the bus there they can feel crowded at times for big games on afternoons but um yeah it's a great uh it's a great great time very very certainly very bustable very bikeable depending where you are uh, which is another good cool part of it i guess green lightable if you take that uh, we, I didn't take the bus back, but um, I can confirm there were a good few people uh, on my bus to the game who were there for the game. So, yeah. um, you know, people are using public transit, and that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we've done some other stuff since we last talked. In fact, I mean, we did some stuff together. Yes. When we were there, we didn't talk to each other one time. No. Uh so I guess we can just go through the stuff, uh, the, the, the concert and music-related stuff we've done, um, starting with the Outlaw Music Festival in Somerset, Wisconsin, which was not a Somerset, Wisconsin-specific 
event, but a traveling festival um, of Willie Nelson and his friends. Um, and when we went, the, the friends we got to see at least part of their shows were uh, Ramali Tuttle, Trimmed by Turtles, Robert Plant, and Alison Krauss, and then, of course, Willie the, and his the son. Friend, friendliest friend himself, Willie Nelson. Yes, the mayor of Austin. Yes, yes. Um, uh, yeah, Argensen? Well, just, um, so you have seen Willie before, you've seen Trim by Turtles before, you have seen Robert Plant before. Yes. Um, which I didn't know before we went that you had seen Robert Plant before. Yes. It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. What galaxy was that? Uh, Bonnaroo 2015 was Natural. one of the more absurd memories of my musical lifetime was like at Bonner, they just have so many people there, especially that year. It was my first year. I was so overwhelmed. Like I completely forgot that he was playing. So I was just like in line or something to see Brandy Carlisle. I was just seeing Brandy Carlisle watching her and she was great. And then I remembered, like, oh, my God, in, like, an hour, like, Robert Plant's going to be on the stage. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, completely, like, something, I, you know, something that would be, like, on any other day would be the very top of mind. And on that day, it, you know, it just wasn't for a variety of reasons. But, uh, yeah, so I had seen him in that in that musical lifetime. But been it's been a while, and it was a very different show, I thought. Well, I can't speak to the differences, but I can report um, that, Alison Truss and Robert Plant can play that music real good. They do. They do do that music real good, real fine. They do it up real fine. Um, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I thought they were certainly the highlight. I think for me, I can probably speak for you. I think I can speak for everybody. The other acts were fine, but they just brought the absolute house down. I'm trying to remember the exact set list. I could probably have pulled. I should have pulled it up before. Um, but a mix of their stuff, a few covers, you know, the Zeppelin stuff, obviously, um, most of it just knocked completely out of the park. Uh, the band, as we talked about there, you know, was phenomenal. I have to shout out progress, OG progressive bluegrass mainstay, Stuart Duncan, Telluride zone, Stuart Duncan, um, JD McPherson on guitar. I don't know who else there was, but they were all great. Um, oh, Victor Krauss, Allison's brother, I think was there. Um, but anyway, I don't want to draw on the band. They and Robert and Allison, just their voices, just are just sights to behold. Really, just true, true national treasures, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, uh, obviously, you know, Robert Plant is not, you know, 1970 Robert Plant, um, but he's his voice still has held up very well. And yeah. There were a couple of times where he challenged himself, and you know, he met that challenge. Um, he didn't, you know, like try to uh, do anything too uh, absurd or anything. But he didn't uh, take his shirt off. Yeah, he he, um, he didn't go through the motions, and no. maybe you know some of his stage presence, you know, is is not uh, the most active. But he's also old, <laughs> and yeah. it's a different kind of show. Um, yeah. And we didn't need him to be super active. He was he was just fine as he was. He was very good. And like you said, the the band was phenomenal. Like uh, they just it, it, you know, with the um, the the studio recordings of their two albums, they sound very similar. Like the production, where it's um, a lot of low end, you know, and it just uh, I don't know, just it feels very loud, I guess. And I they they kind of captured that well in person, and then of course you know they're um, whenever Alison Krauss would break out the fiddle, in addition to the, the other guy who had the fiddle, you know, it worked really well. It, it elevated some songs, like you know, when when the levee breaks with the fiddle, yeah. turns out that that goes. Yeah, completely dark. I mean, it's a dark, foreboding song as is, but it was like an acoustic dark and foreboding in a way that the album isn't. It, it, it captured a sort of similar vibe, but like in a completely different way with completely different instrumentation, which is really awesome, I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the Battle of Evermore was played fairly straight because that's, you know, an acoustic yeah. song on the album. Um, but, you know, Rock and Roll came off differently and 
I don't know. I, I will say with when the levee breaks, you know, that being the last song um, or second to last song, right? I think, yeah. With it's telling me they played Gone, 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 which I think I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a good closer, to be clear. Yeah. I liked that song a lot. Um, but I, I, I thought the fact that, you know, the sun was basically setting at that point, I thought that was, a, a you know, it, it matched the tone of the song and everything. So, um, what else? Uh, so, obviously, everything they played from their two albums together uh, was good. Because yeah. those are two really good albums, or at least uh, the the first one is better than the second. I think would agree. But Definitely. like as a as a total thing, like you hear, especially the the ones they picked from the second album, um, they work. They work really well live. There's no there's not any song on either of the two albums where it's like, eh, I don't really feel like I'm in the mood to hear one of these live. I don't think. And yeah, uh, um, it worked. They were good. Um, I do want to say Trample by Turtles as well. Yes. I thought they were very good, but it didn't really feel that way. Yeah, well, I think the I think the audience being half interested and half seated or half there, I think both played into it. Like I it was a, it, it was a fine set. I liked it, and we we started out in kind of a weird spot where we were sitting. We we're both like. This is not a sitting show. You know what I mean? We were kind of on the lawn. We hadn't found our good spot yet um, until we went moved over by uh, by the trash. But it wasn't it wasn't it definitely wasn't a trampled crowd, um, which is probably kind of rare for a, you know, a Minnesota or Minnesota adjacent show. You know, I mean, they, they do such numbers in the Midwest that it's like, you, just, you know, there's such world beaters around here that you're like, you would have expected more of a reaction. But ultimately, Ultimately, there wasn't that much of one. And I, I, again, I thought the set was, I thought the set was good. It was well played. They had good energy. They had, you know, a few weepers in there. Um, have to shout out the Zevon cover. Have to shout out the appearance of uh, Alan from Low. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was okay. It was, it was good. It was just good. Merely good, I would say. Is the, the, the when you think about it holistically, it was merely good. Maybe very good. Their playing, I, I guess I'm saying, is you know good enough to where an, an environment that cared enough, yes, would have been a really good show. And maybe a, a night uh, show, you know, where 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 it's a bit darker or maybe just like indoors or something like some combination of factors needed to be different than it was. And maybe that's just the first, what, 40 rows in front of the stage, you know, being replaced by people who are standing. I'm not really sure, but yeah, well, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. And I would bet that show in Duluth last week, I would bet that was a completely different vibe. Oh, absolutely. And I do yeah. think too, like again, like I think there were a lot of people there. there obviously, some travel, a fair amount of travel people. And there's a lot of people there generally, but um, I do think there are probably a lot of people there to see kind of all the acts, or like some kind, or a lot of people there to see Robert Plant probably too. They were built ahead of them. And there's probably Robert Plant is probably one of the few acts in Allison Krauss that sort of outdraws Trampled in Minnesota. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of the people and I also think, again, we don't have to go really hard on the, the parking situation, which was just an abomination. Oh, I, I, I'm ready to. Yeah, well, we'll I'll save most of that. But uh, but the uh, I do think there were also a lot of people who were still getting there um, because the parking situation was so terrible, you know, and it wasn't like, you know, sometimes people take time to ease in. Um, and yeah, so I think. I think they probably suffered from those factors as well as just, you know, all everything else. I do think, no, I, I think at first Ave, for example, um, you know, with the crowd entirely on their side. Yeah. Um, a closer like alone would work really well. Yeah. I don't think that setting was quite it. No. Uh, you know, the, the, the much faster stuff where they're really, really going and they're, they're, they're fiddler who's excellent. Like yeah. I, I, I've noticed, I, I, I've noticed that on albums, but like, 
yeah you know, he goes really really come across just how good he is and how he can make just some really demented noises come out of that instrument yeah <laughs> um you know some of those songs where they get to more show off their uh kind of aggressive like you know thrash metally chops those yeah kelly's bar wait so long yeah those work better in that environment i think yeah um I do want to also say, like, it. this should have occurred to me by just listening to, like, seven of their albums. But I didn't actually realize until they showed up that they don't have a drummer. Yes. Yes. Um, Very few bluegrass bands do. There are a few that do, but a lot of them don't. Yeah, which checks out. You know, it, it's a... You know, if if they have any sort of drum, I bet it's a very simple kit. If they have a kit at all, you know. Yeah. Um, but just, I I think that kind of, you know, goes to show. Like I I I never had to think about it because they they do have a very full sound. Um, yeah. You know, they they have a low end, they have a middle end, they have a, a high end, and everything. So. Yeah. Um, I look forward to seeing them in a different setting because I think that would go from good but a little disappointing to a top-level concert. Yeah, absolutely. I am fully on board again. I've seen them not to stand myself, but I've seen them, I'm not standing, it's the wrong word, but I've seen them a lot, and I think this was middle to low average, I think, as far as, again, the when you're thinking about the total vibe of the show. Um, so, yeah, that was what I thought about them. Shout out, one shout out to Molly Tuttle, for playing White Freightliner Blues um, was like the I think we heard like her do like one and a half songs and that was half of them. Um, that's a great Towns Van Zandt song. I think their banjo player was playing at Blue Ox, so he wasn't there, so they were leg down. But you know, I don't know. She's crazy good guitar player, so but um, yeah, would like would like to would like to see her again. And I, I imagine she suffered from the. People being white, people being uninterested, people not knowing who she was, you know, infinitely more so than Trample did. <laughs> yeah, um, pro- probably a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, so what, what should we say about Willie? I thought Willie, I texted my friends, I said grading on a curve, I think I gave him a B. Um, I thought it was... The first the first half of the set was, I think, a lot better than the second half of the set, just in terms of the song selections, I thought. Although it was cool that he played Georgia on my mind. Um, but, you know, there was there's a feel for a while where it just felt like, OK, this is like kind of iconic song after iconic song, kind of what you want from a legacy act. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously he was, you know, he's, he's 90, you know, he just turned 90, you know, so he's again, 90. Um, so it is graded on a curve as far as his playing and his singing, but with all that in mind, you know, I thought he sounded all right for 90. Um, it helps know. that we, we, I've said this about Bob Dylan, I think like, um, in terms of like traditional singing voices, he, it does kind of start from a low place. He's yeah. not traditionally good. One might say, well, he uh, argue, I would argue he sort of is, but it's in a different, completely, he's untradi- He's untraditionally insane, where the, the best part about his singing, the quality of his voice is fine, but it's not like Alison Krauss, where it's this pure, beautiful tone from an angel, right? Um, yeah. It's the phrasing, it's the phrasing, it's the phrasing in the way he says words, you know what I mean? Which is kind of rare, because that's something that, especially nowadays, singers like aren't, you know, and no, nobody does it like him, you know, and so we, we got to see some of that, you know, but you, you're right where it's like he wasn't, you know, it's not like he's trying to hit all the high notes. It's not like he needs to hit all the high notes for it to work, right? Like, And um, I I, th- I think he sounded like I always think of Willie Nelson sounding. So, like, you know, yeah, I didn't have any complaints. Uh, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, he doesn't have a, you know, I, I knew what I was getting into. He, he, he met sure. that standard. He did a good job. Being on a stool probably helped, and I'm not going to ask a nine-year-old to yeah. to liven it up a little. Ask ask a nine-year-old to uh I don't I don't know like do do a stage dive, take off your shirt, all the above, you know. So I I, I did think it was neat to hear some of you know the 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 standards. Um, 
I, I've never been a Willie Nelson fan more than just a it's cool that he's out there type of thing. I could probably introduce more than like Heartbreak Hotel and The Highwaymen and a couple other songs into my rotation if I really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel a great need to. It wasn't really for me. It was cool to see the crowd get into, you know, I, I don't really care for Mama Don't Let Your Babies Drop to Be Cowboys. <laughs> uh, but it was good that lots of people there were, because I don't hate the song, and it's, you know, neat to see people having fun, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It is a bucket list thing. You know, you saw Willie. You know, for whatever that's worth, if anybody ever asks who you saw, you saw Willie. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the, one of the real one of the real a hero to many. Um, so even if, you know, it's not totally up your alley, you know, it's still a cool thing to sort of be around, I think. So I, 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 I guess this is where we know that if we had maybe chosen to see like half as much Willie, we would have gotten to bed before midnight or possibly. <laughs> Possibly. I, I am I am of the thinking that I think even by then it was it was a, a crapshoot, if you will. So we, we left with three songs to go and yeah. it took us an hour to get out of the parking lot. And we were actually really close to the edge. Yeah. We, we lucked out um, and it was just, just awful, miserable. just miserable, just complete agony. It was it was both a, a, a matter of not enough planning the fact there was one entrance with one lane out yeah um the complete lack of like coordination aside from one kid with a walkie-talkie that we saw mm-hmm. uh, the cops were all out on the streets which like they did you know once you got out it was like, there were people telling you where to go it worked pretty well um yeah. but that's like, what the city takes over i think i think the problem is you have live nation running the inside you have the competent municipal folks on the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the, with regards to that. The giant corporation is going to stamp on the, the small stuff. Like, how do we get people out of this place? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that was really aggravating. And then it was made worse by the people who just had no sense of, like, yeah. just they, they were very selfish. They didn't really seem to understand that this was a collective problem. One that we all were facing at the same time and one that would be made easier if we just, you know, took turns. We're not quite as obsessed with getting ourselves and only ourselves out of there. We all just got uh, along, you know. It was, I mean, it it was the, the type of behavior I expect from uh, a crowd that decided to wear their NRA shirts to the. Yeah. <laughs> to a Willie Nelson show, Willie I guess. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it, yeah. It just. Anyway. Um, so that that sucked. And, and we, we did get home earlier than I imagine a lot of people did because, um, again, we were close to the exit. We left with three songs to go and Willie said. But if there's ever a show that I go down, go, go to down yeah. there again, like. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be weighing the the value of seeing the headliner. Like, if, yeah. if it's a band I really, really need to see, I might I, I might see about like driving to Chicago or something, because that would be, you know, what's hectic. <laughs> it, it it would be less hectic. It would, I mean, not that Chicago is a great place to drive, and I hate it, but <laughs> I, I have full confidence that whoever would be hosting artist A in Chicago would have an idea of how to, you know, run the logistics of that event. And it would probably be a little less miserable to get out. Well, two things. One, one, the show would be in Tinley Park, which is operated by Live Nation. So they wouldn't, but it is a much better, much more favorable parking lot. So they're ahead of the game on that. So I'll tell you that, (laughs) that it would probably be at Tinley Park. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a, like I said, I think abomination is an appropriate word. Uh, in describing that particular situation that we encountered. Well, either way, it only cost us like $45 after fees, something like yeah, that. Yeah, certainly worth the money. Yeah, it was, I mean, if, if, if all we saw was our playing Austin Trousers, yeah. it would have been worth the money, just like we said, they were great. But um, so it was, it was a good enough time, and I, I, I maybe uh, just as good as the show was like, you know, 
just just hanging out, having a proper yeah. summer chill fest before yep. the show. It's always good hangs. Some very good hangs. Um, with some some music, some brats, and all that. So you, being you, you just keep going to Places. concerts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what have you done since then? So um, I won't tell the story where I saw and sort of met Erica Badu and sat in a circle and listened to her talk about spirituality and being a doula. Um, I won't tell that story. That one you'll have to ask offline, good people of the Internet, um, because it's just too much and I, I don't want to drag on. But I did see the Avett brothers at Red Rocks. Oh, the rain was rain delay was only an hour this time. Last time I went to Red Rocks, it was longer and much more miserable. Um, it was a much heavier rain and much more consistent rain. Oh, we scored? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Ferrer scored. Sorry. Panama scored a, a short while ago. but uh, Okay, great. But it's, it's tied now. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so I was in Colorado at Red Rocks. Um, yeah, no, uh, Avet Brothers were just awesome. Got to see Iris Dement opening, who actually trampled cover um, occasionally. Um, that was a great, uh, great opening. It was a good, it was a very good opening set. The crowd wasn't into it, but I liked her voice. Um, Aver brothers just always have good energy. I thought they'd be a great band to see out there and they proved me 1000% right. I was basing that decision or the basing that thinking just on how energetic they are, how just, you know, how engaged their crowds tend to be, how good of an outdoor band they are. Their songs have this sort of, some of them, a lot of them have this expansive, great feel, you know, that works really well outdoors. I actually was thinking, I was talking to my friend Kieran, who I went to, a uh, friend of the pod. <laughs> um, I was talking former about- Former guest of the pod. Former guest of the pod, yeah, um, who we've, we've seen. We've seen them, me and him have seen them four or five times. I'm not sure I've ever seen them indoors, actually. Um, I've seen them at the zoo. I've seen them at Basilica Block Party. I've seen them at Tinley Park. I've seen them at, um, I don't know if I've ever seen them, uh, Summerfest maybe? I don't think I've seen them at Summerfest. seen them at uh, Sioux City, Iowa at an outdoor festival. I've now seen them at Red Rocks. Uh, so seen them at Treasure Island as well with Trample, which is not a great show. I think I've talked about in the pod. But yeah, they were just excellent, man. They, they, they killed it. <laughs> Um, and I got to see it with my friends who were really into it and we got a great seat. We got there. We were, the GA started like halfway up, um, halfway up the rocks. So it was like rows one through 45 were all reserved seating. You had to pay a bunch for, uh, we got rows, uh, probably, we were probably in row 55, which you also had to pay a bunch for, but not as much as the ones ahead of us. Um, so that was great. We were right central. We were kind of, we could have squeezed in really squeezed and been lower, but we decided to prioritize being central, which is great because there is absolutely not a bad sight line in the house at Red Rocks. And it just lived up to its, it just lived up to its billing as an iconic venue. We took a shuttle in and out, which proved to be a really good, again, you talk about crazy, hectic parking and situations and stuff. The shuttle turned out to be a great investment, which I really recommend for anybody going there. I'm sure there's anything else to add on that. Um, did some other cool stuff in Denver. Went to a Grateful Dead bar and uh, brewery, which was awesome. Went to a few other breweries, went to a distillery and did a tour. Um, just did a bunch of Denver stuff, you know, which is, I guess, you know, whatever, outdoor music, live music and, 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 and breweries basically. Uh, various white people activities yes yes it, it should be very when i say denver that more more or less synonymous but um uh, it was a great great show great trip no complaints other than other than the fact that i had my wallet stolen at the bar the night before i traveled which led to all sorts of delays i will say if you think getting stuck at somerset is bad just wait till you have to reschedule your flight for for your new your 10 a.m. flight for five o'clock and then have your five o'clock flight delayed four times, including twice when you leave when you get out on the tarmac and they have to deplane. That that is that is a that is a layer of hell that I simply do not want to engage with another time. <laughs> I I've had some very, really horrible travel luck since the pandemic. 
but you and a couple other friends have one up to me somehow. Just yeah. like for me, it's been a chronic thing that there's always like an hour long delay, sometimes a two hour long delay, just some, you know, awful stuff. Uh, it's never been like four different changes and, yeah. and all that. Like that's, yeah. that's another level. So and I guess you know, now. going into, going into Denver, it's kind of expected. It was actually a miracle because Kieran flew in the next day. It was a miracle that he, it not a miracle. I mean, it would just, everything just went really as scheduled and which was good because his flight landed at four. Our shuttle was at five forty-five, So we left really nothing to chance. Um, so it was, we were very grateful that that all went smoothly, but above all, again, you know, time with friends, live music, etc. Good. Two thumbs up. I do recommend Denver is a, uh, pretty cool town, and I was glad to do a bunch of the very cliche touristy stuff that 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 people do. Well, I'm I'm glad you got back because I understand the Denver airport is not always good for these sorts of things. It's it's not, and the weather is terrible, and the Denver airport is way too big and way too far away, and mostly just terrible. So yeah, glad 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 to make it, glad to be back. And glad I have most of my credit cards now <laughs> have arrived in the mail. The same of which cannot be said of my government-issued ID. Um, but, you know, we live on. We live on. Well, has there been any other shows? I don't think so. I'm trying to think of what I have coming up outside of the stuff we've kind of talked about. I Well, the, the stuff that's coming up, you and I will... We'll get to talk about. We'll get uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to we, talk. we got plenty of time for that. Yeah, plenty of time to talk. Let's let's check. Let's consult the calendar. <laughs> let's see what's uh. Let's see what's uh. Let's see what's what's going on. So yes, yeah, so last thing was Red Rocks. I did also again see some bands at the Grateful Dead bar. Um, that was cool. Ironically, they were more a little more classic. Well, the first one, the one we saw most of, was more classic rock than jam band. Um, which was kind of a neat sort of well twist up, I guess. You know, you don't expect to hear Mississippi Queen by Mountain at at the Grateful Dead bar. But alas, here we are. And it rocked. <laughs> um, this uh, coming weekend, I am on the calendar for the blog to cover Nickel Creek. I don't know if I will. I'll get approved for that. Um, I might see a great, great southern rock band, American Aquarium. A great thinking man, thinking man, southern band. We love that. Kind of a antecedent of the drive-by truckers. Uh, gotta love that. Um, the week after that, maybe Beyonce. Maybe. Are, tickets are, are is that going to happen? Are, uh, well, if I get approved, but even if I don't, tickets are getting weirdly affordable for Beyonce. I think I think it's kind of slept on. So I might just get some homies and uh, go to the Beyonce concert, which I think would probably be really great. Um, so those two, and then tomorrow night I may catch Minnesota local Dakota Jazz Club uh, staples, the uh, new standards, with new primitives opening, with Shaw's Bar staples, the new former Shaw's Bar staples, new primitives opening. Free, Mears Park, 6 p.m., be there. So pretty busy, busy calendar coming up here. You weren't able to swing the killers? I did not do the killers. I, you know, I thought about it, and then I just thought, I got too much stuff coming. I just, it was just... I got too much, you know, and, you know, we got Bon Iver, you know, I got all these other concerts, you know, and like, I just sort of finished my travel runs. I'm like, now we, now we kind of reel it back in. Now we kind of reel it back in. And I thought about the next night, which would have been cheaper. And I would have got to see the flaming lips and death cab, but I'm like, I don't need it. Don't need it now. Hang out with my friends instead. Been, been too busy. Well, that's all reasonable. Um, it's also very unerrant. <laughs> I know, I know. Being reasonable and is inherently on Aaron, but um, but yeah, we had we had we had to had to rain rain it back in a little bit. But whoever got Killers tickets at First Avenue, um, I hope you get there early because you might get stuck behind the pole. <laughs> a lot of people there is what I'm saying. In the yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of people, and also at like that's that's right. going to whip. Frankly. Yeah, that's going to be great. I mean, you think singing Mr. Brightside. And karaoke is fun. Just wait till you're at First Avenue and there's a thousand people there and it just probably means the world to them. That's going to be awesome. I, I I don't know if they're in 
I, I don't think they come close to like cult status and all, but like I've seen footage of their shows and like the people who go to killer shows are like really into the killers and like no songs that I've never heard of. <laughs> like, I would expect to into... a lot of kind of, I hate to say basic people, but like, and I am a basic person, right? But um, I would expect there to be a very large casual fan contingent. To the point that I almost invited several friends to the festival. I just, again, I decided against it, but um, like, I feel like, you know, I feel like they're a band. They're just big enough that you inherently bring a lot of casual fans under the umbrella. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, they, they put out Hot Fuss. Lots yeah. of people got Hot Fuss. Yes. Um, hot Fuss was very good, at least the singles. I mean, I, I again, will we'll go to the mat for it as a complete album. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I imagine they would probably i mean maybe this is like not the right way of thinking of it but like i i would bet if they're going to do an intimate show at first ev they're going to like dig more into stuff their fans yeah. would like as opposed to the festival setting right yeah that make that's a logical logical assumption um just like you know you doing a, a show at first ev when you didn't really have to you're already playing the city um, yeah probably getting a more profitable gig honestly much the, more profitable. the next night i guarantee you is much more profitable <laughs> yeah so like they just decided you know let's just do something fun which honestly i admire a lot yeah the foo fighters have done a lot of gigs like this um often surprise gigs were like not yes. not even announced they're you know they they had done one of their pseudonyms yeah that's it the DGs, yeah, no. If the, if the Foo Fighters ever do this, and I suspect I'm not the only one in this camp, um, but but R.I.P. Aaron's rent, kids, Aaron's kids, you know, future whatever they're gonna have, <laughs> just 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 sign me up right away. Like I I couldn't imagine how fun that would be, and I imagine the people that feel that way about the Killers, you know. It's, it's that sort of thing. So good for them. Good for everybody who's going. I decided against it. Um, well, we've done a pretty good while. I think I can squeeze more one more thing in here. All right. Not about travels or anything. Uh, just I we are getting shockingly close to football. We season, are. And therefore, even closer to football talking season. Yes, yes. And I'm kind of using July as like the last month to not do that. Yeah. Um, so uh, not long ago, I put up a post proposing a new flag for the state of Minnesota, which I don't think is necessarily the best um, proposal out there, but it's mine. Mm-hmm. And I put out all the reasons why, you know, I did the things I did and uh you know, why those are rough qualities, if not specific attributes that we should look for in a new state flag if it happens. So you can check that out on my blog tomorrow, or I guess this podcast might go up Friday, this Thursday. Um, I'll have a football-adjacent post that you and I will talk about now in a not specific terms, but just a, you know, further uh, prognostication way. Um, just about the future of Gopher football, not in like a this flex doing it a job way, not in a like not not in any way other than just like the most macro sense possible. Honestly, like we, there, there's there's a little bit of specifics about the next five years, the next ten years, but beyond that, it's all like what can anyone say? Yeah. You know, because no one involved in the program right now will Which likely it, be interesting. Yeah, that, that's what makes it interesting and what's, what makes it more of a general commentary on college football, what makes it um, sort of a, a matter of figuring out what it means to specifically be a program of Minnesota's stature in Minnesota's conference and in their part of the country. Uh-huh. Um, because those of you uh, may, who may be listening may not know, but the planet's getting hotter all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's a 
bit different being in Minneapolis than say Tempe, Arizona, or Oxford. Are you saying? Are, are you are you are you suggesting that it may boost recruiting? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, but like yeah. that's not what I'm intending to get at. Like it, it's this. I, I think that will be one of the sort of second level effects, whatever you call them. You know, like the your second order, whatever. Just but like. The, the bigger thing is like I think a lot of programs are in a shutter. Just yeah. youth football right. participation is down across the country, especially in California. The it's just getting too hot to play games in places. We're, we're having, you know, it, I I assume weather is you know that the air is fine up there right now, but less than a month ago it very much wasn't because of fires in Canada. Like these are things that absolutely will affect college football and we can't not look at it in addition to the labor question you know like at some point we got to figure out how to pay these players in a you know more meaningful way than the sort of unsanctioned or uh, unsupervised name image and likeness marketplace and uh after all that like uh you know there is still conference realignment and everything. So I have my thoughts on what will happen. Um, you don't, you may or may not have any idea right now. You haven't done any research or anything. And I didn't really do formal research, but you know, adding all that up and also the football stuff, like what, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Honestly, I think those are really great questions. I mean, I think some of them I considered some of them I hadn't. I mean, the climate change is a really valid thing again. And I think also I just think in general, like the the accessibility of the sport as far as, you know, youth people I think accessibility is maybe the wrong way to frame it. But but you people playing it at a young level, you know what I mean? And the way that that impacts that trickles up I and mean, maybe it has or hasn't yet. But it certainly will. I mean, just, you know, with parents unwilling or not wanting their kids to play football, you know, as we learn more about how dangerous it can be, you know, at different levels. And it's like, what is the so it's like, how does the future of that arc, you know, that movement, you know, how does that shape the the landscape? I'm inclined to probably say that it probably does to an extent, but I, I still feel like, you know, that alone I don't know if that like is going to be drastic enough, at least in the medium term, to truly diminish the sport. You know what I mean? Um, well, it's like even if football, even if it's watered down football, there's an argument to be made that people will still just watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people might say, oh, it was better 15, 20 years ago. But is it – you know, is is it is the degree of that significant enough to really take people out and say, I'm watching soccer instead? You know, like, I mean, you could argue that football is so entrenched in the American, the American psyche. No, but like the American, you know, um, cultural landscape that, you know, perhaps that's not as big of an impact as as one could argue or maybe that you or somebody else would argue. I do think that the the climate argument is pretty interesting um, because, like you said, there's places where probably is not going to be able to play football or starting to or, 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 you know, having again, interacting with, you know, parents might say, I don't want my kids to play football in 110 degrees. You know what I mean? And like I'm sure places like Ellen High School or IMG Academy or anything like they will they'll build domes the same way that like I think Alabama or. Texas or, you know, Florida or whatever will, um, but not but everyone like, can. Yeah, exactly. What do the what do the smaller schools do? You know, what are the the places that don't have the same kind of resources? What do they do? I think is what you're getting at, right? Yeah. What 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 is what is Crum, Texas, gonna do? You know, what what is Biloxi, Mississippi, gonna do? You know. Yeah, and again, that is something that could have you know an impact. Like you said, wildfires. I mean, that's all. You know, it's affecting every aspect of society. And I, you know, and I mean, it's just <laughs> these other macro societal conversations are fascinating, right? I mean, what is, again, AI? You know, I hate to just be that guy that says AI. I'm not saying it's going to completely replace everything, but, you know, you imagine AI does have some impact on college football at some point, even if it's just from an analytical standpoint. Maybe it already does. I don't know. 
you know, I'm not saying we're going to have AI play callers, but something that informs informs the way those things go. You know, you know, um, what else was I going to say? Labor is another great question. And the realignment, I mean, the stuff that we've seen and talked about extensively over the last five, 10 years, like you said, just going to keep rearing its head. You know, it's not going to it's not going to go away. I mean, the powers will consolidate like they have been. And how does it impact, again, the, the stratification of the game, right? Where what does that mean for the lower teams? Like are the mid mid tier or low tier teams is does it become less financially viable for them? Does it become more culturally rich? Does it become less culturally rich? All good questions, I think. And uh, we'll, we'll see in 10 years. But, you know, because I think that's that, those, those are sort of initial thoughts kind of spitballing off the top of my head about some of the things that you have brought up. I, I have a, a full post. Uh, I, I try looking ahead 50 years in, in steps, you know, one year, three years, five, ten so forth. I don't consider the the possibility of um, cyborg players. Yeah. Which did occur to me as if I wanted to go really sci-fi, I could have, but but I tried to keep things a little more grounded, tried not to get too much into like rule changes or anything like that. Um, Because I I think, you know, obviously change in, in society is it's always getting faster all the time, you know, mm. technologically and otherwise. Um, but also, it's not so substantial that necessarily 2050 college football will look dramatically different than, or, or 2050 just Earth looks so dramatically different than um, 2023 Earth, except in the climate change ways. Yeah. You know, we, we have to start uh, doing like, like the Terminator thing of, you know, the world ending in 1996 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I recommend uh, reading that if you think that sort of thing is interesting, if you like speculative fiction. But that'll be up this week. And then I have a very, very long non-football thing going up before the end of the month. And then I'll work on my preview stuff. And right. That'll be fun. So you uh, do you mention is there a joke about like Rashad Bateman Jr. in there or something? Any jokes uh, like that? Not quite. I do um, halfway, like two percent, predict a future head coach, but that's not like a. It's just here's a guy who is or will be coaching. I won't say whether they're coaching right now or not. You'll have to read to find it. But that's not like a major point. Like if anyone just was like, I don't think this guy's going to be a head coach, then okay. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. It's not that that wasn't the point. Well, the next time we talk won't be so far in the future. Yeah. We might do next week, but I figure it'll probably be two weeks from now since we're not quite on the, the football schedule yet. But uh, uh, so. Sort of getting off, at least for me, the, the hectic travel schedule, which has also certainly been a piece of everything. Um, but yeah, football, football, football's upon us. It is, it is certainly nigh, and uh, we will we'll deal with that soon. For now, uh, I'm gonna watch this uh, this penalty shootout, right? And uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, see ya.